Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. to start this teaching i want to talk about something else that you will need this year this is the job of any ministry gift is to equip the saints for the work of ministry to edify the body of christ to help you grow another part of our job is to discern and supply you know i think it was paul that said i long to see you that i may you know perfect that which is lacking in your faith so it means that as a pastor as a ministry gift we can discern our job is to discern what is lacking and to supply so that you can grow so that you, you can be effective and you can be mature for that reason i want to start with a text i emphasize this you know the the lord is so amazing with, with the catholic church he prepares us for many things before it even happens to us you know, all through camp meeting, you've been learning about pneumaticals and everything. I feel like that subject matter, we flogged it so much that you know every aspect of it. And imagine that type of preparation to prepare you for the year of the Holy Ghost. You learned about what it means to be spiritual. You learned about spiritual things. And one text that was of emphasis all through that period was Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10. And I want to read that text to you this evening. The Bible says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. And because the sun had set, he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And as he lay down in the place to sleep, he dreamt and he saw a ladder set up on the earth and it stopped reaching the heaven. And there, angels of God were ascending and descending on it. If you didn't know this was where we got the song, Angels Ascending, Angels Descending. You all like that song? It's coming out soon, don't worry. Anyway, he had this supernatural experience from such a casual place. He was in the presence of God and he didn't know it. And at this place, the word of God was re-emphasized to him. And at the end, Jacob said, God was here and I knew it not. I tried so much to prepare you guys for this in this year. Because as much as we love to have a physical church around you for the Catholic Fellowship, it might not just be possible yet. Some people might get to have a physical church around you before some other people. But can you take advantage of the presence of God? Please, are you listening to me? Can you take advantage of the presence of God? Jacob said, God was here and I didn't know it. That won't be your portion in the name of Jesus. Listen, I want to talk about discernment. If you can walk by discernment, you can take advantage of the presence of God like never before. And even though you are in different countries of the world, Falakam is joining from Leeds. Different people are joining from Canada. Some of you are in Nigeria. Some of you physically are in Nigeria, spiritually you're in the UK. I know you. <laughs> Some of you are in Hungary. Anyway, you're in different parts of the world. But what can you do if you learn to take advantage of the presence of God? What can you do if you learn to take advantage of situations? And that is why in your mind, in your heart, some of you think, oh, I'm in my room. And that's why you just join meetings and you're just like, oh, so better. But 2024, I want to tell you that even though that text says where two or three are gathered in his name, it's not just about your physical presence with the people. It's about your alignment in the spirit. Are you listening to me? It's about your alignment in the spirit. If you can be in a place, your presence alone makes it true that God is there. And for the fact that you have another believer somewhere aligned with you in prayer, anything possible can happen. Are you listening to me? That's what the presence of God can do. Please, are you following me? 
It was Wi-Fi before Wi-Fi was invented. It was geolocation before geolocation was invented. Please, are you listening to me? That you can have connections with people thousands of miles away and have impacts in cities far from you, even though you are not there physically. It's in this same ministry that we've seen the healings of the sick over phone call. It's not ideal, but it's where you found yourself. Can you take advantage of it in this year? I'm here, I'm not growing because it's online. Uh, that was last year's story. Can you take advantage of it? Can you? Can you? Can your life still be changed with what you have available to you? Please, is everybody following me? Can your life change with what you have available to you? Can there be impact in your life? Because listen, the word of God is the word of God. Either it's taught with microphone, taught without microphone, taught online, taught over the phone. The word of God is still the word of God. And it will produce the same result it needs to produce in your life if you let it. Are you listening to me? If you let it. It's the same reason why witches and wizards and demons can go to church. Are you getting what I'm saying? They can be there and the world does not influence them. It means there is an acceptance and an opening, an alignment with the word of God you have to have before it will bless you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Before it will bless you. So people might have been attending church and not be blessed. What allows that happen is the impact that the word of God can have in your life. How can this is a secret I learned a long time ago? Wherever the word of God is taught, I am apt to discern value. Whatever prayer meeting it is, that's so your character has to change. So when you join meetings, no matter how ordinary it might seem, in the same room where you were just reading, the moment you begin to pray, it stops just being your room you listen to me i taught you about invoking the presence how that by the indwelling presence we can command the manifest presence around us so you know I, l- let me let me give you an example i, I had a senior pastor you know i will call him friend because i i honor him so much at some point in their ministry they were using a hall before they come that hall used to be a club I get what I'm saying. In the morning, it's a club. When they come for midweek service, they rearrange the hall and the, and the presence of God is there. Are you getting what I'm saying? And the presence of God is there. When they leave, the owners of the place turn it back to a club. When they come, they set it up, arrange the place, and pray. And so, if we are curious of God's presence. What can you do if you can take advantage of the presence? So, I might be in my room. But once I start praying, I can't be thinking this is just ordinarily my room. If you don't learn this, you will struggle with many things. Some of you, you would need revivals where God has already given you the secret to stay revived. Are you listening to me? How can you take from within and put upon? Because some of you, if you don't learn this, some of you know what I'm talking about. There were years where you needed to go for a camp meeting to get on fire again. But if you can learn the secret of the presence, you can turn where you are to a place of revival for yourself because you just take from within and put upon. It doesn't necessarily need to feel like it for you to be blessed. That's how to discern value. That's how to discern value. So I want to urge you that you have this at the back of your mind throughout this year. There's value in the word of God. No matter where it is taught, when it is taught, how it is taught. There's value in the word of God. There's power in praying. Why do we pray before we start meetings? It's not just because we want to muffle words. You know, some of you have become so hardwired that you just, you like to do opening prayer, but you don't know the purpose of opening prayer. So you, you, you grew up so religious that like you must pray before you start anything, but your heart isn't really there. You just do it to fulfill your righteousness. Well, be more intentional. Please, are you listening to me? Be more intentional. Take advantage of every session of prayer. Every session of prayer. Nowadays, one thing I do, once I'm in a place and I sense a prayer burden, I just pray. Don't take it lightly. 
if somebody somebody is just beside me and praying, I just key into it. Just shoot. I don't take any moment for granted. I don't have to feel it. But my heart is open to it. Hallelujah. Welcome to your year of the Holy Ghost. The year where you walk conscious of the Spirit of God like never before. The year where you have sponsorship by the Spirit of God. The year where you see the fullness of God's power like never before. And as we go on in 2024, God wants to teach you how to partner with Him. That's how we're doing the series. God wants to teach you how to walk with Him. On Sunday, I taught you that you are born of the Spirit. He wants to teach you how a man of the Spirit should live, should move, should walk. I taught you that there are nuances of the man of the Spirit. There are things that should be happening in the life of a man of the Spirit. There are things that should not be happening in the life of the Spirit. Life of a man of the Spirit, rather. There's a way you should speak. There are things you should do. And that's what I want to teach you about. Listen, I said it last week also, if you haven't listened to any of the Holy Ghost series, go listen to it. It's a prerequisite to what we're about to teach. So go on the podcast. It's called the Catalyst Community or Catalyst Fellowship on Spotify and Apple Music everywhere. You know, check for it and you would find it. Listen to the series on the Holy Ghost. It would bless you. God wants to teach you. He wants to help you. He wants to sponsor you. So this year, take it as a school of the Spirit. Because when you have the Holy Ghost, you have everything. What did I say? When you have the Holy Ghost, you have everything. The Holy Ghost is that agent of God. The Spirit goes before the Word comes and before the action follows. If you check even in creation, the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep. And the Lord said, let there be light. The Spirit is that agent for God. God wants to teach you how to walk by the Spirit. And I want to teach you today another way the Holy Ghost helps you. And uh, this is simple yet so powerful because many, 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 many people have struggled and struggled with this. And I'm sure many of you can relate because you struggled with one thing or the other in previous years. It might be a habit. It might be reading your Bible more. It might be doing the things God has asked you to do. You've just struggled to match up in one way or the other. Well, I can relate because I have in the past. But God wants to teach you about it. He wants to help you. He wants to teach you how to attain those things by the Holy Spirit. Nobody would have ever imagined that a man can outrun a chariot until Elijah, by the help of the Holy Ghost, did it. Are you listening to me? No one would have ever imagined that a sea would be separated until the children of Israel stepped in and by the presence of God, the sea divided. Carrying the Ark of Covenant, they also divided and parted another sea. God wants to teach you how to walk with Him. He wants to show you that this is His track record. This is His way to help you by the Holy Ghost. So what is that thing that you have struggled with? I want to tell you, it is possible with the help of the Holy Ghost. What are those impossible goals to attain? God wants to teach you that it is possible with the help of the Holy Ghost. How about you know that I have the help of the Spirit? Because it's about help this year. Are you listening to me? You know who you should be in God. You've tried and tried and you failed. You've gone about that ministry. It has not worked. You've started that project, it has not worked. You've written that book, it has not worked. What about it? If you try to do it differently with the help of the Holy Ghost, because are you listening to me? It's important. How about you go about it knowing I am helped of God? So you don't want to do the things that you are doing. You find yourself doing it. You've tried to stop You've tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and failed. How about you swallow your pride and say, I've tried and I've failed. Oh Lord, I swallow my pride. I've tried and I've failed. Oh Lord, I swallow my pride. How about you swallow your pride? And you, you just realize that I can be helped of God. I can be helped of God. 
of you have tried, you've gone into your route. How about you allow God help you by His Spirit this year? Some of you have gone on this journey to knowing God in the past. And in all honesty, people have failed you. People have betrayed you. Pastors have even failed you. But how about you don't go about it because of your heart or because of any pastor? How about you go with the help of the Holy Ghost? How about that consistency that has not worked out? How about you try to the help of the Holy Ghost? Some of us forget that we can be helped of God. And that's what God wants to teach you this year. That He is there. He's present. He's present. And this is, this is why I'm teaching you the making of a man of the Spirit. Because a man of the Spirit is a man that is conscious, that is helped of God. I can tell you, no man calls himself a man of the Spirit and cannot boast that he's been helped of God. Are you listening to me? No man can boast that he's a man of the Spirit and will not tell you that he's been helped. No general faith can boast that it was by their power. They were all helped by God. Where our strength fails is where the strength of God begins to show forth. Are, are you listening to me? Help of God. Help of God. How about those impossible goals? How about those visions? Those prophecies over your life that have looked like they're going to fall to the ground. It's been three years since God told you that you're going to be a teacher. It, it has not happened. You've tried about your help of the Holy Ghost. What if there's a better way? And I want to tell you there's a better way. You know, they've called it secrets. They've called it different things in the past. I don't think it's a secret. It's just a better way. It's just a clearer way to go about the things you struggle with. And if you learn this, it will change everything. Listen, I want to, I want to highlight two extremes that we have in the body of Christ today. The first extreme is that I've seen in the body of Christ and in different places an overemphasis on the efforts of a believer to attain a level of holiness that leaves no room for us to see the complete involvement of God and of His Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? This is legalism, where everything people see, from their salvation to all the help that they want to see, there is a focus on the effort of a believer. You must do, you must do, you must not do. And that's one extreme. But there's another extreme I've seen in the body of Christ as well. And the second extreme is an emphasis on the, on, on the holiness of God that is imputed to God by His Spirit. But in that case, many of them totally neglect the response and the responsibility of a believer after. How many of you understand the two things I just said? Oh, both, these things, both these things are wrong. Because one does not go without the other. Let me expatiate some more. You see, in, in some people's theology, what they emphasize always is do, do, do. But if we are being honest, have you not tried to do? Even in salvation, there is nothing you can do in and of yourself to attain right standing with God. Because are you following what I'm saying? Nothing you can do. You've worked. You've tried. Even the Bible says that by works, no man can please God. It works. No man can please, please God. So it looks like people that are able, that are trying to help us grow in sanctification end up affecting our mindsets to the finished work of Christ. What do I mean? Yes, you want us to live holy, but in trying to do that, it's almost like some people are taking away our understanding of righteousness by faith. And it also looks like those who are trying to help us rest in the finished work of Christ are overemphasizing it without teaching us our response in personal holiness. Because are you seeing the two extremes clearly now? Yes, sir. And of Christ struggles with this balance. Some don't even know that the other version exists, exists. Some people have lived with a struggle for so long, trying to please God, trying to please God by their efforts. And some other people, they learn about the lavish graciousness of God, but have gone so extreme that they don't see the necessary response to it. Both of these things, like I said, are extreme. The Bible actually teaches both of them. And they must go hand in hand. 
For the benefit of everyone, what is sanctification? It means to make holy. So when I say sanctification, I'm talking about that walk of holiness. Are you following me? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He says, just as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, this is different. Can you read that text, everybody? Are you all there? Can you pay attention to, you know, verse 4? He says, just as he has chosen us in him to be holy and blameless before him in love. Now, doesn't that sound weird? That holiness comes by a choosing you know, the popular dictionary definition of holiness seems to imply something you can attain by moral activities. But now this is different. The Bible is talking about holiness as a choosing. Not by what someone can do, but by being selected. So Paul speaks here of a type of holiness that is not moral excellence, but by a separation, a choosing. Now, what I want to show you is that both concepts are actually in Scripture. Let's look at holiness. There's a principle in Bible interpretation. I've taught you this before. It's the principle of, of the law of first mention. How many of you know that you've heard that before? Law of first mention. Even if you've not heard it, I'll teach you. Now, what is the law of first mention? The law of first mention states that to understand a particular word or doctrine, we must find the first place in Scripture where the word of doctrine is revealed and study that passage. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Let's look at the word holiness. Remember the two extremes we spoke about? What was the first extreme? Legalism in short. Good. What's the second extreme? No response to the lavish grace that we received our salvation. Good. So, is this clear to everybody? All right, good. Now, let's go on. Now, let's look at the scripture and see what the Bible has to say about holiness. Now, we see in scripture a different type of concept. So, let's use the law of first mention. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, this was the first time the word holiness is used. Now, we're trying to use the law of uh, of first mention to study the word holy. We want to see how holy was used first in the Bible. And that must be where we see it to help us know how to understand the concepts all through the scriptures. So Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4. The Bible says, So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near to this place. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. Now, my point is, he called the place what? Holy ground. Remember, we are doing a study of the word holy. Now, what did the ground do to be holy? Because we're trying to understand the word holy. Can the ground do anything to be holy? No, sir. So why is the ground holy? Because the presence of God was there. Because the presence of God was there. Are you seeing that concept of all thought now? A holiness that is as a result of being separated or chosen rather than a holiness because of what you can do. Are you following me, everybody? Let's look at the second place. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 16. The Bible says, On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation. So, a holy convocation. Now, what is called holy? A day. What did the day do to be holy? Nothing. Meaning, Anything chosen by God or separated unto God is holy. God makes it holy. Is Are you following me? And this is a true concept in the Bible. A very true concept in the Bible. That there is a holiness that is a result of being chosen. That right standing with God cannot come by anything that man can do. Because man would always fall short. Right standing with God will be because of the help of God. Are you listening to me? So man will be holy because God has chosen him to be holy. How did we 
we receive that holiness? Well, the Bible shows us in the life of, of Abraham. It says, Abraham believed in God and it was counted to him for what? For righteousness. This is righteousness imputed into a man, not because of the man's moral standing, but because the man believed in God's plan to make him holy. Because are you listening to me? That's right standing. No man in and of himself can be in right standing with God because all men have sinned. The only way you can be in right standing with God is if you measure up to the perfect holiness of God, the perfect standard of God. That's how you can measure up and be in right standing with God. But no man can be that. The only way you can be in right standing with God is if God gives you right standing. I see what I'm saying. It becomes a gift. He, he chooses to overlook who you are and give you right standing legally with him. Is that you following what I'm saying? Is this making sense to you? Yes, sir. So, this is holiness as a result of a choosing. And the Bible is very emphatic on it. It is clear everywhere. You see, in the Old Testament, the way you know that people are God's people was by a mark. And that mark was circumcision. It did not matter who they were, as long as they had that mark, they were God's people. Let me give you an example. David five glass. You know what that mark is? That mark is circumcision. God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. And the way that God would honor that mark is that they should all be circumcised. So the male were circumcised. And why was it the male and not the female? Well, because the male carried the seed. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? So if the man is marked, both he and his offspring are covered. And the woman he marries is covered by her own father. Does that make sense? Is that yes, clear sir. to everybody? Good. So yes, the men were circumcised to mark that they were of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? To mark that they were of God. And so, you know, David was facing Goliath and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So he knew that he was of God because of that mark. Are you getting what I'm saying? He, he, they, they attained a place with God. Not, I'm not talking right standing now. But they attained a place with God as God's people because of the mark of God. And there's a reason why I'm using the mark of God to show you. Because I've told you before that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament was revealed. And so, God's plan, the Bible is the compendium of the plan, announcement, and what? Provision of salvation. In the Old Testament, it was shadowed. In the New Testament, it was revealed. Well, circumcision was a shadow of God's actual plan to mark his people. Are you following me? Nobody lost? Clear? All right, good. So, when you go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, the Bible now says, in him have you trusted after you had the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom having believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of your inheritance so what is the holy ghost he is the seal he is the real mark that circumcision seemed to have shadowed because i get what i'm saying so now, if you're going to look for who is a child of God, how do you know? Well, because he has the Holy Spirit. Is this clear? You don't need to look for a mark of circumcision. Why am I showing you all of this? Because in the Old Testament, you mark a holy person by being separated unto God. Well, guess what? In the New Testament, it is the same. In the Old Testament, it was marked by them being in that manifest presence of God to be called holy. The ground was chosen to be holy because God was in that place. The day was chosen to be holy because it was separated unto God. But can I tell you something? You are chosen to be holy today because God lives in you. And he has marked you as his own. His presence is in you. So you now are holy, not because of what you can do, or because of anything moral you can do, but because God has chosen to live inside of you by his spirit. Did I just tell you good news? Or did I tell you sad news? God has chosen to live in you by his spirit. Righteousness and right standing has been imputed to you. The Bible says by works no man can be saved. 
John chapter 3, 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So it takes believing for salvation to come. God has decided that whosoever will believe in this plan I have set for his redemption, will receive right standing with me. Will be in right standing. No one by himself can please me. I have made a plan to wash their sins away. That when it is placed legally, that you know, right standing is a legal term. Do you understand? Right standing is a legal term. Let me give you an example. You know when you say is when they say, you know, yesterday <laughs> I wanted to do something, then they got back to us and they said that I have a public record. We were so we're panicking. What kind of public record will I have? Have I done any crime? Why will I have a public record? So uh, that idea of record with the government is almost like right standing. Are you in right standing with the law? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's a legal term. But what God did is that rather than them measure your right standing because of what you can do, now they are measuring your right standing because somebody has paid the price for whatever judgment would have been given on you. He has died for... Are you, are you seeing how that right standing comes now? And it's by a choosing. He just chose. He said, you, 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 any of you that can believe in this, you have received... So righteousness is now imputed. It's now imputed. It's not because of what you can do, because honestly, you cannot measure up to God's good standards. There is no... Man... And the mechanism that is working in man is already tending to sin. God is so holy that he is unique, that there's nothing we can do to measure up. Nothing we can do to measure up. Nothing we can do to measure up. So yes, the Bible emphasizes this type of holiness. It is true. 100% true. Let me give you the analogy. You know, shepherds in that time, you know when they pour oil on people in the Old Testament, they are signifying the same things. Shepherds in that time, in those times, when they have a, a sheep that they want to take care of, they rub oil on the sheep to separate it from fleas, to separate it from insect attacks, to separate it from, you know, the rest. Anointing, that separation is where the concept of anointing people comes from. Now, in the Old Testament, it was done with oil to mark this one as separate unto God. Are you getting it? Separate unto God. So, His holiness is not because of who He is and what He can do. Call Him holy because He has been separated to God. Are you getting it? Well, oil was a metaphor for the Spirit. God don't bath you inside oil by the Spirit. That, that's the meaning. That, that's the literal meaning of what happened to you in the New Testament. He dipped you in the oil. He not even just dip, he now put the oil inside of you. You drank the oil. <laughs> and that's the Holy Ghost. You receive the Holy Ghost. You are separate unto God. So, the holiness that is imputed is a true biblical concept. But make no mistake, the Bible also emphasizes the other type of holiness. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Bible also emphasizes it. Because if you're truly saved, there are some things that must touch you. Especially when things that used to break your heart before don't impact you anymore. Now that you've known that first holiness, anything below that standard must begin to affect you. Are you getting what I'm saying? It, it, it must begin to affect you. And when it doesn't, it's an indication of a bigger problem. So, even though you are made holy by faith in Christ Jesus and by the presence of God you've been set apart, you are also set apart onto God's holy standards. Because you being imputed righteousness does not drop the righteous standard of God. No, one must give. It's either the righteous standard of God gives to your impurity or your impurities give to the righteous standards of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One must give. One must give. It's either God's standard drops to accommodate your inadequacies or 
drop or sorry they, they disappear so that God's righteous standards will stay so which one do you think will drop <laughs> which one do you think will give way which one must give way inadequacies will give way yeah, they will disappear that is why they say the anointing breaks the yoke because there are some things that cannot stand the anointing. Some things cannot stay in the presence of you being anointed by the Holy Ghost. Some things cannot stay in the presence of the Holy Standard of God. They will disappear. They will disappear. The closest analogy to the holiness of God is like the sun. Anything that is not as hot as the sun will melt if it comes close. That's the uniqueness. That's the holiness of God. So if God gives you that type of holiness, and makes you like the sun, like the sun. Maybe you become a star. I'm, I'm using metaphors here now. Anything that is not as hot will also have to dissipate. Will also have to disappear. There are many calls in the Bible about this other type of holiness as well. That is not being imprinted now with a response. You see, in First Peter chapter one and verse thirteen, the Bible says, "Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober." And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. It says, as obedient children, not confirming yourself to the former loss, as in your ignorance. But as he who has called you holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. It says, be ye holy as I am holy. That's what God said. In verse 16, it says, because it is written, be holy for, your, for I am holy. Now, this holiness is not the repeated one. God is saying, match up your standards to my standards. He says, because you've been taken away from your former standards. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. He says, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lust. So you cannot continue. So don't think that the first holiness is the only holiness that is there. The Bible also emphasizes moral holiness. It says, abstain from fleshly lusts, which wars against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among... This is a man of the spirit. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? A man of the spirit abstains from fleshly lust. It says, have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, your reputation is now mixed with the reputation of God. He says, because when the Gentiles see you, a man of the Spirit is an ambassador of Christ. The way you respond because you've been imputed the righteousness of God and the holiness of God says a lot about God. First Peter 2, 11, the Bible says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts with war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good work, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, your reputation is now mixed with God's reputation, is what I'm saying. Because when the Gentiles look at you, that's what, that's what Peter is saying. Let them see your good works. This is where that text now, now comes in. That you know that helps us understand that good works cannot get you saved. Good works did not disappear; they were redirected. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Don't say, "Ah, I'm saved by faith." Nothing like good works. What is good works? No, that's wrong. Romans chapter eight verse twelve. It says, "Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die." So the Bible. This is New Testament. Hey, are you getting it? It says, but if, this, if by the Spirit you put to death the deed of the flesh, you will live. So, there is a putting to death the deed of the flesh that must still happen to you as a New Testament believer. Romans chapter 13 verse 14. It says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill his lust. This is moral. This is the moral standard of God. This is moral holiness the Bible is instructing you on. 
First John chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God will abide forever. He says, don't love the world. Don't love the world. Don't. And I'll be direct. One of the spirits, all things might be profitable, but not all of them are expedient. Are you listening to me? Many things are not sinful, but not all of them are consistent with your reputation. God has forgiven you your sins, present, past, and future. That does not mean that you forget the standards of God. Are you listening to me? Don't dress like a masquerade and say, I'm saved by faith in Christ Jesus. Completing who you are, forgiving. Yes, you are. But if you truly are, this masquerade thing you are doing now, it will not work. You have, you have ring here, here, here. Even inside your eye, your nose. I'm not preaching works. I'm just teaching. You will still go to heaven. But you are not living consistent with the nature you have received. Nose, lips, tongue, on top. Who is seeing that one now? Like inside your throat now. What's that thing that used to shake inside your mouth? I forgot to know that thing. Some people used to pierce it. What's that thing? That thing is supposed to protect you. Medical students, Abi, it's, prote- it's supposed to protect you from germs or something like that. Abi, you now you are going to you are going to pierce your own. Tell me the name, medical students. Oh, oh my head. Amen. So listen, so now you are pierced someone now. You know. <laughs> if you're new here, trust me, I we are. Grace preacher, faith, we believe in it 100%. Eh? But I'm just teaching you that let, let the outward match the standards you. Some things are not necessary. Do you understand? Some of you say to catch a monkey, you must become a monkey. That monkey you are becoming is not good though. Don't become a monkey. Amen. Don't become a monkey. <laughs> A man of the spirit, there's a way to talk, a way to walk, a way to act, a way to respond to things. There are things you must do. It says in Ephesians 4:22 that you put off concerning your former conduct. Ah, hey. are you guys saying what I'm saying? This is not me now. This is the Bible. Meaning, you cannot be living the same life you were living before and say, I'm saved by faith in Christ Jesus. I said it last week. I said, if trailer should hit you now, if a truck should hit you, it will be evident. Some of you want truck to hit you and you're still wearing suits. You want to meet Jesus and still be who you used to be. It's not possible. Something must change. Something must give. That's what I'm teaching you. Something must change. Something must give. Something must give. Something must give. Something must give. It is put off concerning the old, your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful laws, and renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God, true righteous and true righteousness and holiness. Listen, something came to my spirit now, and let me tell you, the person that taught you the gospel, if he did not balance it for you this way, he did not do well for you. You see those women that used to wear hats and wear long skirts and go to church that you were laughing at that they are religious. Are you listening to me? God wants to achieve the same results in two of you. The only difference is that you are coming from two different directions. Do you understand what I just said? Do you understand what I just said? Yes, sir. The only difference is that you are coming from two different directions. They are coming from a point where they think doing those things will attain them righteousness. You are coming from a point where you know that righteousness is by faith alone in Christ Jesus. But you see that decency and modesty, God wants to achieve it in all of his life. Hey, can I preach freely? God wants to achieve it in two of his life. There, there must be some discipline. There must be some discipline. Amen. There must be some discipline. Colossians mm-hmm. chapter 3 verse 7. In which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourself are to put off this anger. Ah, 
Now I've broken somebody's last leg of table. Anger. He says white lie or white sin. Anger. He says all of us do it, Jerry. Anger. Wrath. Malice. Hey, if I enter that your sister's group chat, you and other believers, sisters, things you are discussing. I know. I know bros too. You have your own bros for God. And you are tabling people's matter. Hey. <laughs> you are tabling people's matter. This man blasphemy. Filthy language. I said this one on Sunday. I said this one on Sunday. Man of the Spirit, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, set on a hill above his parties and power. You are still using F word, D word. Some of you have plenty words. You have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H word. You know? Hey! So you, some of you, once you are angry, you become another man. <laughs> you know, like you went for a camp meeting of annoyance. Insulted, just turn to a different person. Your network is not bad. You can hear me loud and clear. <laughs> it's not bad. Amen. It's not bad. <laughs> Glory to God. Hmm. Said man is blasphemy. Feel the language out of your mouth. Of you, say so. You know, ah, one brother in the Lord. He came to visit me. We are playing game. As I scored him seven zero, food. It was just the end of my body. I say, hey God, God, God. I know it will give you a lot of comfort, but God, you must know now, bro, that we don't do this around us. <laughs> I know you just got saved, but bro, <laughs> please change. Amen. The, the Bible gives you specific things. It says, do not lie to one another. Hey! This one, some of it has become normal. It's like life for a good, for a good cause. Hey! Life for a good cause. Hey! Some of you are so bad that they are not going to flog you. You're already lying. Your lie is an anticipation. <laughs> Who took it? You're already lying. He says, since you put on the old man with his deeds, he says, and have put on the new man who is renewed, who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image. So there is a renewal that comes with who you are now. Are you saying that both of them are emphasized in scriptures? Both the imputed holiness and the response of it, which is personal holiness. You must be a man of discipline. Discipline. He says, Philippians 4, it says, Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, the fact that I said noble. Have ah, you seen what I'm saying? There's discipline. Be noble. Be noble. Eh? I was telling my little brother when I went home something similar. Be noble. Be just. My little brother, hey, I got home. Let me tell you a story. I got home. So they, they have this small console, PlayStation 4. Asha, notice that the King Alex don't like to play the game. The King Alex, why you know they play? Maybe you did mountain. Later, I realized that my little brother has trashed the King Alex in that game. Hey! Jesus. So, I now asked what happened. Then I saw one day they were playing. My brother created players that were 99% rating. It was nice to flog everybody. And I now called him. See, this is not fair. Some of you, that's what you cheat people. He says, whatever things are noble, be noble. Eh? Be noble. Some of you come, come and play a game that you have already read. You see, I'm talking about casual things now, but <laughs> be noble. Be noble. Those are characteristics of, of a man of the spirit. Because you're different now. So be noble. See, there are some things that 
He that be just right? Taking that guy created. He named him Speed. <laughs> Listen. Jesus. How do I? God help me. How do I explain this the best way? Just be noble. I'm, I'm looking for the best way to explain what I want to explain. So, certain things have to be different because of who you are now. Something you cannot continue anymore. There's something that comes with the regeneration that we've received that cannot make you an ideal user of Twitter. There's something about who you are now that can, if you are comfortable in Twitter, check your salvation. I'm joking. But it's true. Listen, some of you, if you want to even influence Twitter for the kingdom, you have to do a preparation. You have to spend days praying once in a while because it's just who you are that cannot respond to some type of banter this, this is what a man of the spirit is guys we must have some standards in the kingdom we must have some standards in the kingdom let's not sleep in the church till we start to produce untrained unfervent lackadaisical lukewarm believers no let's teach them that there's some standard there's some standard some standard the churches you are laughing at that they are wearing half and all these things they still have more consecration than many churches today do you know what I'm saying more consecration they still have more people going to church because there was reverence so don't because of the approach we've used to teach you the gospel now forget that we are heading towards the same results discipline there's nothing you can do you can't excuse discipline from your work with god amen everything that ensures you that you are saved forever also puts in you a responsibility to walk in holiness galatians 5 16 since i say then walk in the spirit i will not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh not against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. He says they are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are, you are not under the law. He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Is it that living sacrifice now that you have pierced the... How will you be a living sacrifice? Even when I pray to people, say, they will look at you like, what do you have for me? Listen, I'm not... Understand me. It doesn't mean you are not going to heaven. Listen, I'm going to teach on tattoos and piercing this year. Alright? And I'm going to teach you that tattoos, piercing, all these things, they don't stop you from going to heaven. And I'm going to teach you the balance between it. You know, that's why I started by saying all things are profitable, not experience. Alright? In the end, the question will be why. Do you know what I'm saying? In the end, the question will be why. And if it's for beautification, well, there's nothing about God that stops you from beautifying yourself. But there are many things in your life that will be reasons... Listen, in... Ah. In the faith, sometimes it's not just about why are you stopping me from doing it. It's also about what will it affect if I do it. It's not just about you and if God, if you are saved because of it. Sometimes it's beyond that. Sometimes it's a question of purpose and assignment. Are you listening to me? The New Testament is replete with instructions on personal holiness. Pay attention. The first holiness has everything. To do with the second holiness. What do I mean by that? What did I tell you was the way that they marked someone who was saved in the Old Testament? Circumcision. But not many of you knew what God was teaching them in circumcision. Hey, doctors, you know what I'm talking about. What is the circumcision that happens? When they circumcise an, a, a male child, you know, I'm privileged to have witnessed many things that maybe I should not have witnessed, but I witnessed a lot of things because my mom was in us while she was alive. So I witnessed a lot of people receive injections. I know quite a number of things. You know, I was reading my mom's anatomy, you know, a surgical textbook far long when I was young. So I, I sort of knew a lot of things early. You know, I, what was that book called? I can't remember. You know, but anyways, I was reading that a long time ago. I have seen my mom circumcise a child before. So I, I know the process. And what happens is, you know, is usually that there is a foreskin that is there. They hold that and it's sort of like cutting away the cover skin so that the skin that is under comes up. 
You get what I'm saying? So they cut away the top so that what is inside actually appears and then they wrap it around. Listen, I'm not trying to. <laughs> All of you are already doing face like what is going on. <laughs> but just pay attention here. Why am I giving you this example? When God was teaching them the way that they will be his, even though it was about a choosing, that as long as you are part of his lineage, you'll be a part, the cutting away was a cutting away of the flesh. If you don't get it, you are slow. Catch, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it fast. Catch it, catch it. It was the cutting away of the flesh. So even though it happened by selection, by a choosing, it did not mean the flesh should not be cut away. So even though he who is holy receives holiness because he's chosen by God, it doesn't mean that sin will not be done away with. With sinful nature not be done away with. Are you listening to me? That's what it is. That's what it is. That the sinful nature, the cutting away of the first thing, that is a typification of the putting away of the flesh. Are you listening to me? When we receive the Spirit of God as well, we put off the old man. <laughs> we put off the old man. He's gone. So, sanctification is a ministry of the Spirit because we've received the Spirit, we begin to walk in holiness. So, the second is a response to the first. The first is a gift of God. The second is a response. Hey, are you getting this? The first is a gift of God. I'm holy not because of what I can do. I receive the gift of holiness from God. But my personal holiness is a response. Because when the holiness of God meets your inadequacies, something must give way. And it's my inadequacies that will give way. So I begin to walk in discipline and in holiness. That's, that's how a man of the Spirit works. That's the life of a man of the Spirit. That's the life of the man of the Spirit. Inadequacies give way. So, can I show you how this aligns to everything I said at the beginning? You are helped of God to lead a holy life. God has made you holy and has imputed holiness into you by His Spirit. But can you heed to the voice of His Spirit inside you, leading you, guiding you, helping you live above sin? Ezekiel 36, 26 says that he has given you a new heart, a new spirit. He has taken away from your heart the stony heart of flesh. The stony heart, rather, and giving you a heart of flesh. He says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. A heart transplant was done. God has given you. So, so when we talk about grace, it's not a license to sin. It's an empowerment to live above sin because no one receives the holiness of God and continues in his own ways. There is already a new force at work in you, a new mechanism causing you. The problem is this. If you don't allow the work of the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit, you will struggle. But I'm teaching you a better way. A better way than trying to attain that righteousness by your effort. A better way than that. Because you've tried and you failed. How about you submit to the help of the Spirit? How do you submit to the help of the Spirit? In prayer, in the study of the Word, in consecration. You begin to see habits die away. You begin to see inconsistencies die away. The reason why you are struggling, you've not submitted to the help of the Spirit. You want to be fervent in the things of God? Submit. Some of you, your hard guy is so strong. You, ah! Now only Cain don't make you cry before. The presence of the Spirit has not touched you so much that you let go and you say, God! 2024, put away that guy. They say no grief for any, grief for Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, grief for Holy Spirit. I beg, grief. Let him help you. Some of you, the Holy Spirit has been entreating you for years. You know answer. Grief for Holy Spirit this year. Grief. I beg. Let him help you. Let him change your heart. Feelings lie. Did you hear what I said? Feelings lie. Feelings lie. I know how many people have come to me. Say, um, one day I'll take the command, give testimony. Say, Pastor, Catalyst doesn't feel like home. <laughs> Feelings lie. It doesn't matter. 
na feeling, it does not feel like home. The word of God is what you are looking for here. It's not a feel like home. If that word hits you to become home, you get what I'm saying. Home is where the word of God is taught soundly and there's a, there's a strong ministry of the Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's home. Did you hear what I said? That's home. Hallelujah. That's home. He sanctifies you. Jeremiah 31 33 says the same thing. He says, this is the covenant I will make with the eyes of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write it on their heart and I will be their God and they shall be my people. He will give you a new heart. Walk in the Spirit. Every time, walk in the Spirit. The Bible says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. He has called you to show for the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you are an example, you are an ambassador to show forth. That's why you can't live ordinary. That's why you can't live ordinary. Because are you following me? You can't live ordinary. You can't live ordinary. Are you learning something? You can't. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, do I have time? Hmm. Okay, I'll teach you something. And I'll round because there's, there's a balance to everything I've taught you. How the first aligns with the second. Because personal holiness will never help you attain right standing with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? But right standing with God must have the desired effect of living holy. Because you cannot be in right standing with God. I, I taught you this before. That something must give so there's balance there is discipline god is holy he's transcendent he's separate look at the example in the old testament you know when the priests want to want, want to enter into them he wash himself with blood with the blood of a lamb meaning he's entering into the holies of God. you know what god was doing in leviticus was he was teaching them how to work with him that's why they have many rituals of what to do before they can enter. So even before the priest enters into the holies of holies, first of all, you have to be chosen a priest. If you try it, now death. If you are not a priest. If the priest now that is chosen, if he tries it without covering himself with the blood of a lamb, he will also die. God was teaching you that the only way to attain right standing is by obedience to his word. Are you getting what I'm saying? They had to obey. He was teaching them a pattern. And his obedience was wash yourself with the blood, which was a pattern of the sacrifice of Jesus. So the confidence of the priest to enter into the holies of holies is in the blood. You get it's not because the priest has not done anything bad, it's in the blood. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. So I want to teach you something. Don't be overconscious. Of what you have done to make yourself unclean be conscious of what God has done to make you clean and respond from there did you hear what I said be conscious of what God has done to make you instead of preservation think transformation so you are thinking preservation. Ah, what have I done let me preserve my holiness ah! you would become so sin conscious you would not recognize yourself Focus on the holiness. Focus on what God has done. Think transformation. Isaiah found himself in, you know, in the presence of God. And he said, oh, who am I? I'm a man of unclean lips. In Isaiah 6, 5, he says, and I dwell in the midst of unclean people. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He was so, and this is our response to the holiness of God. Because when you see the holiness of God, your inadequacies are revealed. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Your inadequacies are revealed. But what happened? An angel goes to him and touched his lips. And instead of the angel to become unclean because of Isaiah's uncleanness, Isaiah becomes clean. The holiness of God cannot touch you and something does not give. You get what I'm saying? Something must give. Something must give. The woman with the issue of blood, she ran and she touched Jesus. According to Jewish laws, whatever she touched is unclean. That was the law. 
for she touched Jesus. And instead of Jesus to become unclean, she became clean. Ah! That's the nature of the holiness of God. She became clean. That imputed holiness has a result in you that it would make you clean. It comes with a level of discipline. This is what I just taught you now is sanctification. And it's what God wants you to know in this new year. Let me give you an example. Please, don't ever, because you think you are dis- God is disappointed in you, or Pastor Mike is disappointed in you, you cower in fear. No! You get what I'm saying? Start from the finished work and find who you are. Did you, did you hear what I said? Don't start from where you are. Start from the finished work. Start from the cross and find yourself. That's the way to do it. That's the way a man of the spirit walks. Start from the finished works. See yourself as part of the one Christ died for. Listen, this will help you even in handling temptation. Even scientifically, it's scientifically proven that if you focus on the goal, oh, I did this, I did that, you would fail in, in your attempt to overcome habits. But focus on the process that if I do this, do this, do this, I'll be free. Focus on that and just keep doing it. Keep doing it. So find your place in his work. See yourself in his work. See yourself in everything that he has said about you and do this. No matter how many times, always stand up and run again. Always stand up and run again. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to pray. You're going to say, Lord, let me truly be a man of the Spirit. Let me walk with the Holy Ghost this year in my sanctification. Last year, I forgot that I had help. This year, let me be conscious that I have help. Let me be conscious that I have help. Just talk to God.